This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramia. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on air community, and everyone's invited. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly McDonald here. And Ramya Amuthan in Toronto. I'm hanging out in the London, Ontario home studio. Today got the trademark, of course, uh, Fedoron. Gray week off here on Kelly and Ramya has finally tried curling. Curling for the blind if the Toronto outfit. Hi to those guys if any of them are watching. All right, it's assessment time. How did it go? Very, very well. Uh, we had a lot of fun. There are some seasoned veterans out there curling. They've been uh, in Toronto seven plus years, doing an amazing uh, job. But our coach, John, t- spent basically the entire time with me, um, positions <laughs> and uh, the, the concept of the game, because I'd never done it, right? It only right. talked yep. about it. And even then, you can talk about sports all you want, but you have no idea exactly how it goes. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very, um, very fun. So what things did you enjoy the most? The throw, the the kind of the thought of the game, going down to the house and seeing where your stone ended up, how close to the button, what? Yeah, I enjoyed um, learning about how the game is adapted for blind and low vision players. So, you know, guides on the ice, uh, people describing where your stone's going, the in-turn, the out-turn, just everything yep. that makes curling feel accessible and, uh, you know, cater to you. Because it is a spectrum of people playing. Not everyone's blindfolded, like in other sports. You have mm-hmm. people anywhere from very high, uh, like, visual ears. <laughs> People who can see much more, all the way down to um, people who have zero sight. So your right. skills are changing. The way that you adapt as a team is different based on how many players you have of each, uh, you know, kind. And yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, there's different levels, folks. When people are playing curling, if you're, uh, you know, the gradings B1, B2, so on, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, who can the, the position of throwing and who can sweep. Um, you don't want to be sweeping and end up falling over a stone. So no. uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It sounds like you really had a great time, and I'm sure uh, with some of the folks there that that were at the club showing you some great throws and really I love the cunningness when you have to think about is am I doing a a takeout or how close to to the button am I how how, where are they and what am I going to do so a lot of fun if you haven't checked out any blind curling ladies and gentlemen do it uh, this weekend, what, para games? Is that what's Paris going on? games, yes. Four teams in Ontario um, that are being part of, that are part of the tournament. I'm very excited to see in Durham yeah, There's a lot, a lot going on, lots of different sports. So um, check it out. A lot of fun. Let's check out today what we've got coming up today on Kelly and Ramya. Who's making their way to the Super Bowl? That's a question you're going to ask. Well, Brock Richardson, he'll tell us in his sports update shortly. More sports. The Arctic Winter Games are officially underway, and community reporter from Dawson City, Yukon, Kim Hovey, is giving us the details. As Jeff Ryman said in our meeting, you can never have too much sports. That's never a bad thing. 
Danielle McLaughlin continues her, her discussion with us on celebrating various religious and cultural holidays. This week, we talk about accommodations for their religious practices, but those religious practices may conflict with workplaces or school rules. That conversation in hour two right here on Kelly and Ramya. So let's get into this conversation, which will spur something quite interesting, something we've talked about on the program before. Advocates and business owners in the beverage industry say new guidance for drinking alcohol could speed up changing consumer drinking habits as younger generations actually drink less and non-alcoholic beverages become more popular. A report released earlier this month by the Canadian Centre on Substance Abuse and Addiction, funded by Health Canada, stirred up widespread attention when it said that having more than two drinks per week constituted a moderate health risk due to evidence linking alcohol to cancer. That was a big change from previous guidance that said men could have up to 15 drinks per week with low risk and women up to 10. Some in the drink and hospitality industry are critical of the new guidelines, although they don't dispute the need for moderation in alcohol consumption. Businesses say the new guidelines won't bring about the end of the beverage industry, but they may speed up the shift in consumer habits towards non-alcoholic cocktails that were already underway. Laurie Paris, The Canadian Press. We on the program, with Mary and others, have talked about those mocktails. Yes. We find that a lot of people are having so much fun with them, Ramya, coming up with the creations that people would at one time, of course, and probably still do, with alcohol. But this is taking it what seems to me to be uh, a, a newer level. I, I don't drink a lot, you know, any sodas or anything like that. So I'm curious as someone who can go out and have fun, have you started to make that switch and are you preferring, is there a difference um, when it comes to you having non or alcoholic beverages? I think it's the creativity that probably is driving in the business because for mocktails, you can think of it as yeah, cocktails without the alcohol, right? That's one way to think about it. But when you do it that way, you're thinking, well, why would you pick the drink without the alcohol? You might as well just have the, the regular version. But Especially I, if the price is the same. Yeah. However, <laughs> what I'm seeing more and more of is not necessarily like a mojito, but without the rum, or a margarita without right. tequila, but actually seeing creative drink formulas. And um, that being the, the center reason, the, the point at which I would order a mocktail, you know, like, oh, that sounds fun. Think about how that could change the market yes. when there doesn't have to be an age, any of that stuff. You know, the only thing you've got to watch is how many sugar beverages. Well, and, yeah. and again, you can also make a lot of healthier drinks that way too, where you don't have the alcohol involved. Uh, and you would wonder, is it possible? More flexibility, more creative. We'll think about that. We'll probably mention that again, certainly very soon on the program. Up next, folks, a couple of new apps were announced on the Blind Shell Classic 2. Michael Babcock stopped by to explain more in his ta tech talk next. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. a favor folks when you have a moment follow us on twitter of course you can follow at kelly and rumya of course that's no big deal we need more of you out there doing that but you can also follow rumya at all rams with a z myself at ami kelly mac we'll always love to hear from you and appreciate you being out there and taking some time to follow along and keep up with what's happening here on the programs and get into many great conversations as mentioned i'm at the london ontario home studio Ramya muthan at the main office on main campus in toronto 
And because it's Monday, let's start off the week with some tech news updates and uh, even some features to highlight. Let's bring on Michael Babcock. App news, device reviews, security advice, and more. It's time to talk tech with me, Michael Babcock. Get your dose of ever-changing technology knowledge right here on Kelly and Romeo. Michael, we got to many things, as we always do every week, but there are certain things we just had to keep on the table for next week, and next week is now. So let's start <laughs> with this one. Um, new apps were announced on the Blindshell Classic 2 phone, what we can all use. So what are some of the apps? Yeah, so first of all, appreciate you guys having me. I'm 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 a little warmer now. It, it warmed up to four degrees here, and I woke up at negative <laughs> six Celsius. So you know, fun times. Uh, so I got excited last week because the newest app on the Blindshell Classic Two was announced, and this is an app that a lot of people have been asking for, and I'm seeing it be used more in the different places that I'm going. So I will get to it. Zoom is now available on the blind shell classic too which is awesome because people have now the choice of joining from the zoom app or joining in a uh, by by making a phone call and joining in uh bard in the u.s was announced there is the desire for sila and i i know the blind shell team is working hard to try to get sila on the blind shell as well and bbc sounds was recently released i have not played with bbc sounds but it's my understanding that there's a lot of podcast content and live content in there and then the last app that i'll mention is arx vision was also added and what arx vision will do will allow you to connect the blind shell to the arx vision headset and describe scenes scan documents read text identify faces uh, search for objects and more according to their website and uh, so all of these great apps are being are available now on the blind shell and i'm I'm intrigued to see how people react to some of the future apps because I, I just can see Blindshell going some interesting places with some of the future apps and we'll keep you informed about them. Fantastic. I really love the the BBC one would have me interested because I used to always check out BBC, the radio plays and things like that. So mm -hmm. I would be that guy to wonder, hey, is that there? But there's so many useful things. And of course, the audio books with Bard and so on. All right, Michael. Somebody says, hey, I want to get these apps, get it set up on my uh, Blindshell Classic. Can you walk us through that process of finding the apps and getting set up? Yeah, so you start where I tell everyone to start, and that is at the hop, <laughs> yeah, if I can talk today, that is at the home screen. And how you get there is by pressing and holding the back button directly above number three, it feels like a slanted line, and the phone will then say the time. So then we press our down button, which is to the left of that back button, and that'll open the main menu. And then we press number four to jump down to applications without having to keep pressing down and then press OK. And this will take you into your list of applications. If you press up once, you'll then get to the app catalog. And when you're at the app catalog, you press that OK button. Again, it's above number one. And then you choose OK on the browse catalog option. Now, currently, and I say currently because this could change at any point, the recently added option is number three. So you can either press down to get to recently added and press OK or press the number three on your keypad and this will highlight recently added. 
when you press okay this will show the latest apps on the that's been added to the app catalog from the most recent to older and uh, my phone right now shows i think 10 of them on there and when you okay, find the wow. app you want to install you press okay and then you choose okay on install application and the application will then be available on your phone um, and you can get it from the app catalog or from the folder that it installed the app to um, really great detailed orientation. Now, are there any tips we should consider while setting up the apps? Yeah, a lot of these apps have been created for touch in a lot of cases. So uh, the apps were, well, not all of them, but like Zoom, where it was where it was brought over. It was initially created for, for touch interface or Bard, when it was brought over, it was created for a touch interface. So every once in a while, you will hear the phone say double tap to activate, and you can't double tap on a non-touch screen phone. So to eliminate right. any sort of confusion, you press the OK button to activate, or if it says double tap and hold, you press and hold the OK button. So keep that in mind because that can get confusing. And then the last thing that I will mention is that um, you need to explore the whole screen, especially if you're like, I know it should be here. Where 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 do I go to get that information? And sometimes that means you got to press up and down to get around the screen. A lot of these apps are treated like web pages. So if you press number three, that'll change you to controls. And I find that to be a good way to get a quick summary of an app because you press number three and then down and it takes you to all the different controls in that mm -hmm. application. So just just be willing to explore uh, when you install something new. So what things like what you're telling us, the directions, the way to how do, how do you find that information? Somebody listening now saying, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of little notes to remember to get around. Mm -hmm. Where do you direct them, Michael? So I have a good, well, I, I say so myself a little bit with some YouTube content on my YouTube channel. If you search for Payown Media, it'll pop right up. Um, their user guide is great and it is built into the blind shell phone. It's option number six in that main menu that we first talked about. And you can go in there and read through some users do find it to be overwhelming because it is split mm -hmm. up into categories and you have to press okay to go into a category. And if you don't know the basics of navigating the phone, you, you don't understand how to get the next information that you're trying to learn. Uh, lastly, your, your distributor who you purchase the blind shell from is available to, uh, come in and uh, give you access to the manual. And then Blindshell USA offers a Talking Points webinar every other Thursday, and they offer Blindshell 101 and beyond in the ACB community every Monday morning at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can go to acb.community to get information about the ACB community and how to join that. Fantastic. That's really powerful. Uh, okay. You can have Siri read text messages to you. Can you share how to accomplish this? Yeah, so on your cell phone, and then we're going over to the iPhone now since it's Siri, you mm -hmm. want to make sure that you have some AirPods connected. Go into settings and then go to notifications and then go to messages and turn on announce notifications. And uh, you can also change the ability to reply to messages without having to trigger Siri uh, with the hey and then insert the name that I just said that I won't repeat for you. Um, and so what that <laughs> means is if you're sending a message and, for example, Mossy sends me a message and says, hey, I need information about this order. I can, without saying, hey, S, I can just say reply and then send him the voice message, well, the, the dictated text message that I want to send him. Uh, often this is useful when my hands are busy or more, more importantly, when my hands are wet, like I'm doing dishes and I just need to reply yeah, to a message real quick. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, I love this, especially in the winter because you, you don't you could just be completely hands free. How can we? Let's keep moving with these uh, rapid fire tips. How can we improve our sound quality for phone calls with mic mode and AirPods? Yep. So when you're on a call that supports this, uh, I've used it on FaceTime audio and I've used it on FaceTime video calls. Um, and I believe it's also supported on Clubhouse and Zoom. You three finger flick up from the status bar. What that'll do is open your control center and then you'll find the call and it'll say AirPods. And if you flick down once with one finger, you can go to more actions for AirPods and then you can change the sound mode and have it pick up uh, where it isolates your voice and picks up less uh, of the background noise of course you know it it works so keep it in mind um and it, it, your your experience can vary depending on your background noise so is this only okay. for wi-fi related calls for lack of a better term um, no okay no my understanding is that it'll work on uh traditional calls as well oh sick okay excellent yeah. excellent okay what other tips while using airpods do you have um, so one of the tips that I have while using AirPods is not all notifications are treated the same. So if you get a WhatsApp <laughs> notification that says microphone emoji, it's probably not a microphone emoji. It's someone sent you a voice clip. So just be aware of that. And Siri is reading to you what it thinks you want to hear. And then, um, just remember, you know, if you're, if you're standing in the kitchen doing dishes, and I say this from personal experience, you can just shout out, Hey, S person, send a message to someone. It'll ask you if that's the message you actually want to send and if that's the person you want to send it to you just confirm it and then you're able to uh, do all of that hands free and lastly if you haven't bought AirPods yet and you're uh, thinking like I did for a while until I got my first pair I don't need these I got my cheap earbuds and, and they work just fine and they're Bluetooth and, and stuff uh, try the AirPods out yeah. it's a different experience with Seriously. Siri no 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 come on get off my back I got them Saturday settle down <laughs> you're gonna love them because it's true. I haven't taken them out of the box yet, but you guys have yeah. assured me, and I am totally novice. I will. I hate to say, as much as I'm an audio person, I I am totally novice. I have everybody else telling me, "Wow, well, do this or do that," you know. But mm -hmm. I'm very anxious to explore and be, you know, the first time I lose them and get into that panic and oh. I gotta go back to Apple. Almost I gotta go back to Apple. Almost. Yes. Somebody find my as your friend, Kelly. Find my yeah, as your friend. Betcha. <laughs> All set. And they kept telling me that at the Apple store. Yes. Okay, keep it going. Um, I love this feature, and I love when people share tips on how to use it. So sometimes we need to copy the last thing our screen readers read to us to the clipboard. Now, you explain. Why would we want to do this? So I've been doing this actually a lot for troubleshooting with app developers or uh, website creators and accessibility testing. So if I'm testing a web page, I will want to copy the last spoken phrase to the clipboard to share that with the accessibility testing uh, people. And another reason that you might want to do this is... Uh, I have my speech currently set at 70%. I slow it down to 50 in most screen reader demos. Um, oh. Sometimes those 70% things just say something a little too fast. You're like, what did you just say? Mm -hmm. And so I have to copy that to the clipboard, drop it into drafts, and then I read it character by character. So those are a couple of reasons why you might want to do this. Awesome. That's perfect. Now, you also have a JAWS power tip, thanks to Freedom Scientific. How do you t uh, copy down the last spoken text to the clipboard? 
Yeah, so I will start this by saying when I say JAWS key, I mean either your insert key or your caps lock key, depending on the way you have your JAWS set up. So you press mm -hmm. JAWS key in the space bar, and this will open your layered keyboards. Tap the letter H, and this will take you to your keyboard history. You can use your arrow keys to navigate this or your selection keys to select text and copy it from there. Now, here's a couple of things that might help speed up the process because, you know, 2023, the year of simplicity. Press JAWS mm -hmm. key plus space and the letter sh and the keystroke shift h and this will clear out everything that's in the speech history so then you can have jaws read what you want to copy do jaws key space control h and this will copy everything in the speech history to your clipboard for you automatically nice that's an expansive feature um if you wanted to do this on the mac how could you accomplish that Yep, this would be VO, and when I say VO key, I mean either control option or caps lock, shift C, and this will copy the last phrase to the clipboard as text, and then VO, shift, and Z, like Zulu, will copy the last spoken phrase as an audio file to your desktop so you can send someone like an app developer exactly what no you hear with voiceover while you're using it. Fantastic. All right, real fast. What if you want to do a copy that last spoken text uh, to clipboard on iOS Q? And is there a way to do it on Android? Ooh. Yep. So three finger quadruple tap. The last spoken phrase will be repeated, followed by the text copied to clipboard. And on Android, you go into the talk back actions menu and choose the copy last phrase to clipboard option. Wow, Fantastic. he did it. Oh, my gosh. He's so good. Michael, thank yeah. you so much. We'll chat with you next no week. Problem. Only because it's cold. <laughs> He's only good because it's cold. He's awake. I want to get back under the duvet. Michael Babcock joining us no matter how cold it is every Monday to talk all things tech. And we cover a lot, so make sure to check out the podcast. Love it. Absolutely love it. And that's for sure because uh, we went fast with those last tips. So you can go back and do that like Ramya suggests. Check out the podcast. When we return, who's making their way to the Super Bowl? Brock Richardson. He tells us in the sports update ahead next in two minutes. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Well, on the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, I did it. As I mentioned, got the AirPods, but also had to get a new phone. Um, the iPhone 8 just wasn't cutting it after four or five, whatever amount of years I, I've had it. Uh, Brock Richardson, our next guest, made a remark to me at one point uh, as he laughed. Ah, ah, you're due for a real culture shock. Ah. <laughs> it was great laughter he had over it. Um, I think, Ramya, no home key. Uh, I had to get, but I, I spent the time asking questions about that. Um, and also face I ID. will admit, yeah, the face ID. What else did you miss out on? Did you, did you have um, the, um, earphone? I never had the Island. Uh, yes, I did. But on my old one, on the one I had, uh, I just the had the headsets, jack? which okay. sort of still work. It still sort of works because I still have the adapter, Yeah. but I am looking forward to those AirPods going in and testing those out and oh, so uh, wow. learning all about that. So there was a lot. The The new thing, that island thing that they have on, on the 14 Pros uh, or for, up in the 14 level uh, of phones right. is something also to get used to that tells you where everything is. So kind of nice, but I will say. It's time to talk sports with the guy from the neutral zone. Ha ha, culture shock himself. As we start the week off with the latest sports updates, here's Brock Richardson.
I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. To get Brock back for laughing at me, I try to get him to laugh just before he goes on the air. It's always fun to see if he can stop in time. Richardson, did you stop in time? Of course. And you know what? <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to slide in on this this tech discussion, because the thing that bothered me going from my old uh, 12 to the 14 was like the, the text old, messages. So, I know. So, I know. So I'll, Okay, well, I'm not as like not as old as the six or the eight <laughs> to to the new one, but when, for me, it was the text messages were at the bottom of of my home screen as opposed to like the middle. So like I found with my eyes, I'm like, where are they? And now, now I'm that I'm used to it. If it goes back in two or three generations when I'm due for a new one, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like you asked my wife, I was going nuts <laughs> for like 48 hours going, I can't deal with this, I can't do it, but it's, I'm good now. So yeah. Was yeah mine it, moved was Safari it around, I have no idea where that is. But I'll find was it. it. Was it that big of a deal for, for you? No. Like the Switch? No. No. Uh, no, no, not at all. Not really. And and again, it helps when you update your phone. You start getting the glimpses of the different things. Yeah. So that helps. Uh, sir, let's jump into your leadoff item so we don't cheat our sports fans out of their sports. Where are we starting? Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, two para-sports stories. The first one is to tell you that the para-Nordic skiing in Sweden has been a real success for Canada. We have got uh, five bronze, six silver, and seven gold medals. And there's been a lot of repeat customers in the uh, medal category, which is really nice to see. And I love it. I, you know, you always say Canada is good in winter sports. Well, this holds true here in this case. So off to a good start there for that. Uh, and people could watch that, couldn't they, Brock, right? They could actually watch it online. I'm sure that really piqued an interest because that would be a fun thing to enjoy. That one, I they could not. Uh, no. Or I, I could not find where it was online. It was uh, being brought um, updated on the Canadian Paralympic Committee uh, Facebook page, but I could not find where that was. In fact, when I was okay. Googling Paranordic uh, Skiing World Championships, it would bring me to the world championships of the conventional skiing so i okay. don't know that this was a, it was a bit of a a poorly uh mm. um, done event that's why i wanted to highlight it and i've been doing so uh all week long the other event that that you could see online was the uh canadian men's basketball team had a six game series against japan and they won all six of their games. And uh, we're talking wheelchair basketball. Wheelchair basketball. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, wheelchair basketball. Um, and they won all six of their games. And I got to tell you, we had Patrick Anderson uh, a couple of weeks ago on the neutral zone, and he is such a wonderful human being. Uh, I got to meet him, got to shake his hand, say hello when we saw him. It was so wonderful. And if you haven't seen the AMI TV. Uh, sitting tall documentary that was done on him. I highly, highly recommend it because it was very well done. It was on recently uh, last Friday, I believe, and it's, you can get it on the app and all that jazz, but he's a really, really good person. And, and, you know, it was nice to see the team succeed and, and do well. And a lot of people were asking me, yeah, but what was this event for? It was purely for reps, like purely for just, you know, getting them warmed up for, 
world championships later this mm-hmm. summer nice. and and it's good you yeah. know so yeah that's the one thing good. people have to understand the difference when we talk about parasports and just the availability there's not the same flux of money so if you're going to get those reps yeah you may have to be in one city instead of doing a tour around in a country of three or four cities playing games right yeah because those those events are uh like those gym rentals are not cheap uh Mm -hmm. to do uh for those days so you know splitting the costs between yourself and japan and they had you know, uh, the the real officials, if I can put it that way, um, that know wheelchair basketball. So it was a very well done event. And man, that Parapan Am Center is beautiful in uh, downtown Toronto. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out because it is state of the art technology yep. in a place like that. Yep, it yep. is. Um, and in that vicinity, we have another Parasport game happening. This is in Durham region, though. So give us a debrief on this. Yes, so there is a ton of sports, including five-a-side soccer, bocha, goalball, alpine Nordic skiing, uh, sitting volleyball, para-ice hockey, uh, vision-impaired curling, wheelchair curling, wheelchair basketball, adaptive climbing, equestrian, and power hockey. Those last three that I gave you are uh, test events, if you will, so they're not part of it normally but they're giving those last three events a chance to uh to show themselves off and say you know maybe we could be a a, a main staple in in this uh, event well it's nice because it's a great venue for trying certain sports out and seeing how they fly or being showcase sports for people to come in and how do you do this what's adaptive climbing and we've heard a lot about it that and it's it's really cool that this is a great venue you have memories brock some very fond ones of this event when you were an athlete could you share with us yes uh so this event that i just uh, promoted is happening this coming weekend uh the beginning of february so uh the third to the fifth uh which is in durham region as for my memories uh very fond and i'll tell you why because at that event they make it feel as much as a paralympic games in ontario Mm -hmm. as possible and that that's a really good thing for people Mm. who tend to want to say okay you know, how is it going to feel? You get a, an accreditation that goes around your neck. You have to scan it here, there, and everywhere. And it's sort of that starting point for people who might think, eh, do I want to pursue this at a, at a higher level? Of course, it's not to the same level. I'm not trying to, to you know, say that. But I think for me, the biggest memory was it sort of prepared me um, for the Paralympics, just on the level of, you know, security, uh, going through checkpoints and those things. I, I mean, I, I did well at my fair share of Parasport events and, and, and all that. But the thing that sticks out to me is the whole, you know, the Paralympic feel as best as they can. And I think that's a real good thing that they've tried to do over the years and over time of this event. Yeah. I think it's important also because those who aren't thinking of the games going on further, it's a place like other people do to get involved in sport and, and have that championship feeling that kind of play just as that person, you know, we, we get so envious of people that can go out. What are you doing tonight? Oh, my softball team has a game, you know, over at so-and-so park, the regular average things everybody else gets to do. This is one of those venues where, you know, like you said, it's a different level and people get a chance to experience uh, rum. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that they do a fabulous job mixing in the 
as you're saying, Brocky, the professional, the well-organized, the, you know, keeping in touch, keeping track of medals, all this other stuff, as well as making it feel like a community event um, and, you know, recreational for those who aren't going to compete past this point. But really, like, especially in goalball, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. There are so many professional athletes coming to this, making sure that they have their prerequisites before going into nationals and qualifying beyond that. So, um, you know, Don Terry, who's one of the main organizers and everybody else who puts these games together does an incredible, impeccable job. So yeah, thanks for yeah. shouting that out totally yeah. no it's it's and it's a good chance for the community to to uh you know like see support sports yeah see the high level and that that's what i like about these games but uh, there's a lot of yeah. spectatorship at these games a lot 100 yeah um keep going with the parasports stuff last week we got into the convo of the canadian paralympic committee's athlete council so you wanted to get to the point of talking about whether you've been a part of any of these athlete councils and have you yes i've been a part of two i i one of them is not a athletes council uh per se but i'll start with the one that was uh, the one that was was uh, bocce canada and one of our biggest um acceptance was getting uh funding for um sports assistance for people who travel with uh the athlete and and giving them a little bit of money to be able to support themselves while being on this because before that nice it was it was more you got to volunteer you got to take time off work you got to do this now if you made over a certain amount of income you weren't eligible for that um, it was then on you to 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 supply that. But if you made under a certain amount, as most things with the government, you are eligible for more. So that gave a little bit of a $500 boost uh, per month for the athletes to give to their uh, sport assistant just to help support them. So that's something that I was really, really proud of. Uh, the one that wasn't sport, which is almost very timely, uh, given what happened to uh, Hazel McCallion and the passing, uh, mm -hmm. over the weekend, I was part of the accessible transportation, um, advisory committee. And one of the, th one of the people that I quote unquote fought with on that advisory committee, uh, was Hazel McCallion. Uh, and one of the things that I was able to help, uh, uh initialize in the regional appeal was getting to be able to book your rides, uh, less than 12 hours in advance and guarantee your ride. Hazel McCallion right. at first didn't understand the value of it. And I literally said to her, okay, Hazel. So if you couldn't go somewhere and somebody called you up and said, uh, they want to go for dinner and it was under 12 hours, uh, how would you feel? And she, after arguing for a little while, she said, sir, you have a point. And she put the, yeah. the rubber stamp on it. And so <laughs> that's my fondest memory of, Hazel McCallion, and, I, and I'm very sorry that she's uh, gone, but 101 years, very well spent. Yeah. And she knew exactly what she was doing with her government dollars every year she was able to, to do this. Very, very special lady who really spoke for having these events. Mm. Brock, uh, we have only a couple of moments left here. What do you have for us in the NFL? Well, we have our Super Bowl set and ready. We're going to be seeing the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs, this is the matchup that I think if you ask the NFL as the playoffs uh, came to a close, they said, uh, listen, which matchup would you want? This is the one they want. You've got two teams, high-powered offense. You, They just know what they're doing. They can run the ball at you. They can, they can throw it. It's just going to be a 
bash out uh, Super Bowl, and I'm looking forward to it. And something that we got on doing, uh, which we'll do again on Kelly and Ramia, is uh, playing a little bit of the uh, prop bets next week and deciding what do you know the coin flip will be. And some of these bets, guys, as you might remember, are a bit ridiculous, but we've had some fun, <laughs> they were fun so with it over, fun. over the yeah, past they are. couple of years. So. And yeah, before they're... we run you out, what's coming up on the neutral zone? Uh, yeah, so uh, what's coming up on the neutral zone is exactly what you previewed a little bit in that uh, we're going to be talking to James Titmarsh and Don Terry about the upcoming uh, Durham games that are going to be taking place again February 3rd to 5th. All right. Well, awesome. Good luck on the show. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports updates on Mondays. Plus, check him and the gang out on the Neutral Zone, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on MI Audio and available on YouTube as a video podcast. Up next, Milena Casanova shoots, talks to us about her journey of retiring her guide dog, Lewis, and bringing home her new guide dog. We'll talk to her next on the program. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. a favor catch the pulse this thursday at 1 30 p.m eastern 10 30 a.m pacific on ami audio this week joita talks to paralympic swimmer danielle campbell mcleod about her new memoir resurrections my will to survive that's the pulse this thursday at 1 30 p.m eastern 10 30 a.m pacific on ami audio also available as a podcast and on youtube kelly mcdonald here with ramya muthan it honestly feels like forever since we last checked in with our next guest, and um, I think that we need to make it a rule that we check in with her more often. Milena Kazanavich is a community reporter. You still hear her voice, but on Now with Dave Brown, she brings news for us, um, the audience from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and she retired her lovely guide dog, Louie, last year and went through the process of bringing her new new current guide dog hope so we're going to find out more about this journey Milena thanks for coming on the show hello you beautiful delicious people <laughs> so long <laughs> see I know I know it's always been so long <laughs> it's double trouble in the in the audio uh in the the station there today right yes exactly <laughs> yes. and now on tv so oh, that's right double, I know. The double trouble <laughs> all right all right well <laughs> All right, hit uh, me what you want to know. Yeah, no, okay, so firstly, let's talk about when you officially retired, Louis, and how did that process start for you? Because um, everybody goes through something different, right? Sometimes it's just the age of the dog. Sometimes you start to notice things with the, how they're working. What was it for you and Louis? Yeah. Um, well, generally for me, and, and, and I just want to make it very clear to the, to the audience today that, you know, uh, each individual decides for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, there are variations between schools. So I speak specifically on the Seeing Eye, uh, which is uh, the very first guide dog school founded in 1929 in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, and that is where I have uh, gone, trained, and uh, worked with all four of my guide dogs. So for me, I have generally liked to retire my guide dogs a little earlier because I, I feel if they've given me five hard years um, of, of working, doing their job, um, you know, I, I like to start the process. So I did, yeah. did not really finish. And then we got COVID and part of me felt, 
guilty because Lewis was still, you know, doing his job. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought, I don't know. So I postponed it a bit, a little bit. And then in the, in the, in the the next two years of COVID, it it was clearly starting to show that I'd pick up the harness. He'd be like, yeah, whatever, mom. Okay. I'm going to stay on the bed. You go do what you need to do. (laughs) If I got his leash, he'd be, (laughs) if I got his leash, he'd be running to the door because he knew uh, we were going uh, for a walk just with leash and and my white cane, which is what I like to do with uh, a lot of my older dogs. So it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of roller coaster getting that whole process through um and i did get a call back in march of last year but i wasn't mentally ready um there was stuff that was going through my life and i knew that if i went back then in march i would have failed the team the school and uh my journey uh through life so i po- i postponed it thinking i'd be called in the next month or so um and it didn't happen again because of backlogs um, right, because of the pandemic yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't happen until November, and um, oh, this is this is you know, and I'm there's bits of me still working through it a little bit, but retirement. Sure. So I was I was lucky that Lewis has gone to my parents, so I do get to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, they like that you don't see your guide dog for at least six months, your retired dog, just so that they have that time to adjust with the new family and location. So mm. Lewis is with my parents. Uh, Ruling the roost, dictating when that refrigerator <laughs> is course. open and closed. As he and as I said, yes. And as I said to Dave uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I get phone calls from my father with all sorts of profanities. Your bleeping dog <laughs> ate my sandwich. Your bleeping dog's in my bed. And apparently he and the family dog have taken over his side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question for you with yes. this, okay? I'm curious, since you had the policy, Kenneth, and I'll say policy for sake of better word, forgive me with that one, five years and you felt, okay, you've done the work with me with your prior dogs. Um, Did you ever get pushback? Because most people tend to have the dogs eight, nine, as long as the health will allow and the skills of the dog. And and I've I've not heard anyone say, well, yeah, I want to prefer to go five, six years. Um, did any anyone ever give you pushback? Did you ever? I'm, I'm gonna. I know you've probably had to defend that decision in that sense with with other people just in their own opinions. But the guide dog school, no no problem there. No, never. Um, and and this is the beauty of the seeing eye. Your dog is your dog. Your decision is your decision. Mm-hmm. And keep in right. mind, my my process. I mean, I guess I should explain my. So, doing a whole mental check with, with me. To really understand, this is what I want. Am I am I going to go in and train with a with a new guide dog or not? Um, so by the time I'm through after that first five, fifth year, it's about six years in as a team. And and you know at that point a dog is already uh, seven and a half, eight uh, or or nine, depending mm-hmm. on when your, your yes. dog right. was out of the school. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know, Kelly. How long? How long? I don't. I don't want to work for the rest of my life. I want to retire. No. Right. Exactly. So, and and like Lewis, you want to enjoy your retirement. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you want to go steal sandwiches out of the fridge right. or off the exactly. table or whatever. <laughs> you got to have enough limberness in you to do so. Yeah. 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 Melina, another okay. follow-up question from what you were explaining, yeah. because you said you you use your white cane and you take your dogs on walks on leash. Um, how is that? part for you you know is it always a bit rusty when you pick up your white cane again or do you have a lot of exposure to your cane even while you are using your guide dogs um no no not in the beginning but um i would say probably after about a year and a half to two years i i'm i'm a this is going to sound really weird 
night walker, so I like walking in the dark at night. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters to me, but um, so you know, I'll just take the white cane and the dog on a leash. Gives the dog an opportunity to relax and wind and be Aww. a dog. Um, and um, and and it's it's amazing because they still maintain that whole thing of um staying within that on that sidewalk and not veering off and then stopping at the curb, even though I have my cane. So it makes me feel, uh, you know, like a bit of a cider person walking my regular dog. Mm. And uh, so I do wow. that. Yeah. And so, it's also, we the... uh, yeah, we'll move on. It's a nice, yeah. a little less stress too, doing your, your the evening walk or whatever. Now enter yeah. hope yeah. your new dog. Enter hope. <laughs> Enter a bundle of Tasmanian devil, I swear. Uh oh. <laughs> so, so, Lewis is a shepherd, and I've sent pictures along. Don't ask me what's up there because, you know, we're all blind here. But, <laughs> um, um, so, Hope is a little uh, black lab, first lab in my life ever. Oh, wow. I've always had shepherds. Um, never oh. had a lab, never lived with a lab. Um, and for me right now, it feels like I've got a pocket full of wiggly worms I'm sticking my hand into. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this thing does not stop wagging and wiggling. Um, she will be three uh, on St. Patty's Day. Um, and, uh, and she's all of 53 pounds. So she's the shortest dog I've had. She's also the fastest dog I've had. Mm. And I'll tell you people at the age of 51, I'm not sure if I've not bitten off a little more than I can chew. <laughs> you don't um, like the and, power walks slash runs? Well, I, I, the, it always has been the stipulation for me. My dog must be fast for the power walk. Right. At this point, I feel like I'm jogging. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. That's um, great on the selection for. Yes. So, um, but the follow-up to all that is, is I'm still working my body through. So November 14, I ended up with COVID. And I was due to fly out to Morristown, New Jersey, November 28, and I did. And being immunosuppressed, COVID had hit me pretty hard. Now, once you get into training at the Seeing Eye, you're, the first day is everybody's arriving, and the second day and for 17 days after, you're up at 5.30 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, um, which is the last uh, time for relieving your dog, and then you can go to bed or do whatever you wish. And it's only one day off, and it's full right. tilt. 5.30 in the morning mm. till 8 o'clock at night. Mm. Lectures, obedience training, grooming, root, 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 right? And and this was, is all it, post-COVID. This is all post-COVID. Uh, this is all, I, I honestly don't know <laughs> how I survived, but uh, upon our return, I, I it, it took me three days just to breathe and and, and we're hitting Christmas. And it, it was, it's been, a, it's been a rough road. Um, you know, Hope and I are doing... Very well. She's adjusted very clearly, um, and it's it's still on my adjustment. We're working some crossing issues out, um, but that's due to the infrastructure in Halifax. We have misaligned streets, very large um, curb cuts that instead of having two curb cuts for a straight crossing for a person with the white cane or a guide dog, it's just one big pie. So try and uh, align yourself. Yeah. Because mm-hmm, contrary yeah. to most people's belief, and I'm sure the audience does not know, your dog does not enter the intersection straight. Your body, your shoulders, your feet have to be straight for that crossing, and the dog leads you out. So if I'm just misaligned a little bit, hope's going in the direction where my shoulders are pointing. Right. Um, right. Yep. So we're working through it. Lucky me, my seeing eye instructor is coming out tomorrow. 
oh, sending in the reinforcements and uh, we'll, 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 be, we'll be troubleshooting this team because um, I refuse to fail us as a team. Um, and I, I need a long, good five years out of this one, which I'm pretty sure she's going to refuse to retire anyway, no matter right. what I say I think to her. So. She'll keep you running for sure. Uh, Yes. It always, it, it, I never fail to um, recognize how young these dogs are coming into the relationship, right? Like, she's still growing into her adult dog self. Yes, but, but um, and, and she was, she's, she, she was held back a little bit because they were looking for the perfect match. I was joking at, at the scene. I said, so you waited for the Canadian. Here's the sucker. You get this one. <laughs> the Canadian runner. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, like I said, she'll she'll be three in March. That's in the couple. So she is a little bit older out of the gates, but it, it's okay. Yeah. She's um, super smart, super right. super smart, yeah, and super stubborn. We've been matched so, very well. So <laughs> I didn't want to say can, it. <laughs> glad you said it. When can she go and hang out with Lewis, and they can complain to each other? Oh, well, they had an initial meeting uh, with, and also the family dog, Bella, and I did send a picture through with all dogs sitting in the line oh, at Christmas. Nice. And yeah. um, that was the difficult part because, you know, I really had to try focus not to give attention to Lewis. He's mm. my parents' dog now. Sure. Um, and, and Hope uh, had to be, you know, close to me, literally tied to my hip. Uh, for the entire month duration of our first month home. So so they she tried to give him a little bit of a bark because she wanted to play an off her leash. Um, <laughs> and both dogs, Bella and Lewis, kind of backed up and said, well, what's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Melina, it's cool because yeah. you've had um, several guide dogs and you kind of know what you're working with. You're seasoned. But you were also saying you refuse to, like, let this relationship fail and you really want this team you and hope to work out. So yes. are you are you you uh hopeful for that? You feel hopeful encouraged? I, yeah, I'm hoping for hope. Yes. Um <laughs> I think so. I, I think I think the problem is what what happened and, and I say this to everyone I speak who who's considering or has returned with a guide dog first or second. Do not do not um Tell yourself little pretty lies. You'll work it out. Call your instructors. Mm. You know, each school has a, a different options. I I have never failed. I, I put that call in almost immediately. I, I need a follow-up, get somebody out here. Um, and right now at this point, I, I think a couple of our not-so-good crossings that we had, um, I ended up with anxiety and and nervous and, and putting that right into the harness, which goes right into the dog. Right. And so... Mm -hmm. To, to me, we're, we're, we're walking a little bit like drunken soldiers across some inter intersections, <laughs> right? So once the instructor gets here, he will tell me what it is and how to perhaps even position myself better on some of our street crossings so that we can be yeah. a success. Work I with also you have in your it in my mind. Yeah, I also have it in my mind, you know, if this is not going to work, if this problem is not fixable, um, that that decision will have to be made to return the dog with no shame and, and start that's the process right. again. Yeah. That's, that's right. because safety, safety is a, you know, exactly. foremost yeah. uh, initial. Yeah. Melina, thank you so much. We got to let you go. You're the best. We'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Check out Melina Kinsanavich's during her community reports on now with Dave Brown once a month.
In the next hour, uh, Daniel McLaughlin's with us. Grant Hardy, reporter for us, is also here. And, of course, right up next, we're going to visit and find out uh, what's going on in Dawson with our community report. Stick around. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.